pray. Lord, as we read your word, Lord, it, this, is, this is your word, Lord. It's the ultimate authority of our lives, Lord. It's, it's your word that you wash us and purify and cleanse us with by your word and by your spirit and by your blood. And Lord Jesus, you are the word become flesh. And Lord, I ask that, Lord, as we seek you right now through your word, Lord, that, God, we would just consume what it is you want us to tell us today, Lord, through your word. Father, may we eat it, may we consume it, Lord, and may it produce in us, Lord, what you desire it to do in every one of our lives, Lord. I ask that, Holy Spirit, you would pour out your grace and your anointing and strength right now. And Lord, that every person here, Lord, I lift up their hearts and I'm asking right now for that soil by your spirit to be prepared to receive all that you want to release to the people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read from uh, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an, ear, an eye, uh, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? I'll say that bit again. Verse 16. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor, again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, on these we bestow greater honour. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given, having given greater honour to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honoured, all the members rejoice with it. And verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and the members individually. Amen. So Paul is, uh, let me explain, he's speaking to the body of Christ, the church in um, the Corinthians here. He's speaking to those believers in Corinth and uh, he's using as an illustration or metaphorically our body, we have parts, we have eyes, ears, nose, feet, hands, etc. And he uses that as an illustration for us as a body here, that you and I individually, we, are, we all compose of those different 
parts in a sense, in a sense that we all have a different function and we all have a different part to play that makes up the whole body. Just like our individual members, hands, feet, eyes, make up our body, he's saying that you and I, as Christians, we each make up the body of Christ. And this is what keeps us united. We, we can't actually live outside the body. We can't do Christianity on our own. It's, it's a family. It's, it's you and I together, and we need one another. And that's really important, that we never get out of fellowship, because as we do, we get out of unity, because it's each one of us that brings something to the table. Every time that we gathered here in church, every time we gathered in home groups, we have something each to give. We each, each one of you has a function. Each one of you was born again into the kingdom of God, and God, through His Word, has said that you've all got at least one talent. You've each got something. You've each got a gift, a calling, a ministry, and it's, it's something that is to be used for God's kingdom. It's, be, it's to be used for the benefit of one another. So, you know, the, the eye can't live without the face. You know, you might be an eye, the person over there might be a face. You can't live with one another. You, you, you're joined together by that very fact that you've got something to bring together. And like I said, you have as a minimum one, something that God's given you. So for some of you, you've found your place in the body, but some of you are not really sure where you are in that place. But each of you have a, a function, and like I said, you have a place in the body. And there's some of you that may not know exactly what, what it is, God, what it is that you've been called to do. What is it, Lord, that you've, you've, you know, you've purchased me with your blood? Yes, I'm born again. Yes, I'm saved. But what, it is, what is it that you want me to do for you? What is it you want me to do in your kingdom? What is it you want me to do to share out in the world? What have you called me to be and do? What is, my, what is my shape? We've all got a different shape. We've all got a different calling. Like I said, some of you know what that is. Some of you don't. But our duty, if we don't, is to find our place. And you can often find where you actually are placed in the body, whether you're the ear, where you're the foot. In other words, what you're to do by beginning just to serve. So that's just an encouragement. If you are not serving, just to actually just to begin because God will often start moving. Once you begin to, to serve Him in His kingdom, start to serve the body, serve one another, God will begin to unfold more of what He has for your purpose in life, in His kingdom. We also have, coming up next term, life groups. And we are going to be looking at specifically, for at least a number of weeks, actually what we're called to be and do. We're actually going to use some... Uh, material, if you like, to actually work out where we are, what to do. So I want, again, I want to encourage you to be a part of that because that, um, I've done it, there's lots of many, and I'm amazed at, you know, what's come out. Things that I didn't know um, have all been highlighted through this. And, and it's an encouragement because you know where you are, where you're not, and you can work on, you know, the strengths, and you can be encouraged through the strengths that you have. And strengthen the weaknesses that you have. But each of you has something. And like I said, you may not know what it is, 
But God wants to show you. God wants to reveal what your calling and your gifting is. Because when, when you find that gifting, when you find that calling, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing more satisfying than when you know what you've been called to be and do in the kingdom of God. There's, there's nothing that will satisfy more. And I know for some of you, maybe, like I said, you, you haven't found that place, but God wants to reveal that. God wants you to know that. He wants to show you that. And that is something that we all have a deep sense and a longing for, God, what, what it is it you've called me to be and do. But there's, there's others of you that you know what you've been called to do. Um, but maybe you consider it something small, maybe something insignificant. Well, I've only, I've only got this little over here, God. It's not really worth anything. It's not really worth pursuing. What's the point, in other words? Well, Paul, he speaks to this matter, this very fact in, chapter, in the chapter that I read out. In verse 15, he begins to speak to a particular group of people and, he, and it's the people who feel and are feeling um, inferior to the others. In verse 15, he says, If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? So he, he begins to address these people that feel like, you know, what I've got is, is small and significant, insignificant. But he, he addresses that and he, he, he says basically in this that you're not to be discouraged because he goes, he goes on to say later on that how necessary those gifts are, doesn't matter how small they are and how important they are and actually how we're to bestow greater honour or greater value on those gifts. So maybe you've come in today, maybe you've you know that, that you've got that gift and maybe you feel a little bit inferior that it's not quite something else. It's not something that is maybe spectacular, um, something like that seems big. But, you know, I want to really address, if that's you, if I'm speaking to you today, that's who I want to address. You maybe be walked in here and you're actually discouraged. The Bible says in Zechariah 4 verse 10, it says, For who has despised the day of small things. So whatever God's given us, as small as it seems, we're, we're not actually to despise what God has given us, as little as it seems, because God always tests us with the small. And he, if we're not faithful with the small, He doesn't give us the bigger or the greater. So just remember that God, in His perfect wisdom, he's, He has given us, and it says in verse 18, that He's He's put us each in the body. He's, he's put us in the place. God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. So you've got a wonderful calling, each and every one of you, to fulfill. And I believe if you're faithful and you're hearing God's voice and you're walking in that, you will do it. You will receive that. Well done, good and faithful, when Christ returns. And Jesus, like I said, some of you might be feeling discouraged. Jesus actually had a time in his ministry that he actually feel, felt discouraged. In, in Isaiah 49, this is uh, prophetically Isaiah speaking, but it's, it's the words of Jesus. And he says in Isaiah 49 verse 3, And he, that's God, said to me, 
you are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have laboured in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Yet surely my just reward is with the Lord and my work with my God. So some of you might notice there there's the my, the, the capitals are small, but I believe it's clear that this is Jesus speaking and the commentators don't believe so, so they put a, a little M in there. But see, Jesus had these thoughts, I've laboured in vain. Even Paul, in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 11, he says, I'm afraid for you, lest I have laboured for you in vain. So each of us, at some point, we may feel discouraged. We may be feel discouraged by opposition. It could be spiritual opposition. It could be physical opposition. Perhaps other Christians. It could be family members. But at some stage, like Jesus, there's going to be times where we feel discouraged. But I want to tell you today that whatever it is you've called to be and do, that you actually pick up that plow again, dust off that gift, don't bury it, and start moving on for what God's called you to be and do. And some of the things that may make us feel discouraged, things like, this is hard. You know, often ministry is hard. Sometimes it's not easy. And just because it's hard... Just because you are serving God and it became hard or it is hard doesn't mean you're not in the calling of God. I want to tell you that just because it's hard. You see this in uh, the, the book of Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah, this is a, this is a book about laboring and building for God in the face of opposition. You and I, we labor in God's kingdom. We labor, but God does the building. And laboring is sometimes hard. Who's ever, ever done hard laboring work? It's, it's not easy. It's hard most of the time. But see, this, this man, Nehemiah, he faced many battles. I want to read some of those out to you. Remember, this man was just a cupbearer. So he, he didn't have really anything in the physical going for him in the sense he didn't have some grand, you know, occupation. He wasn't the king and then he was called. He was a cupbearer. So he was just simply a servant. But God used him mightily to rebuild and bring restoration to Israel through the rebuilding of this wall. And some of the challenges he faced, and some of these you may well be facing today, and maybe it's knocked you down a peg, but I want to bring this word to encourage you. He dealt with fear. This is all from physical people, but we have a spiritual enemy, false accusations, compromise. He came against his people, came against the motives. They were questioned. His motives were questioned by the opposition. Distractions, condemnation. There was conspiracy against him. There was belittling, intimidation. He was mocked and he was despised but he still built the wall. And the, the evidence of a kingdom work is that it's hard. That is the evidence that you're in the kingdom and that you're doing God's work is that it's hard. Nehemiah faced that hardship. He faced all those sufferings, those persecutions, but he kept laboring and he kept building for God because he knew he was in his calling. And sometimes 
I'm learning this quickly. Sometimes the calling is all that keeps you, as someone once said. That's all that's going to keep you in that road, in your path, in your lane. And so if that is you, I want to again encourage you to keep moving. Because in Luke 9.62, there's a warning. And it's in the context of the, you know, counting the cost of being a disciple. In, in Luke 9.62, Jesus said, No one, having put his, his, putting his hand to the plow, which is like a digging instrument, agriculturally, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So it's very, very serious that as we've come to Christ, we've picked up that plow in the calling that we've been led to, that God's brought us into, that we keep plowing. And we keep plowing and we keep plowing, regardless of the setbacks, regardless of the oppositions, regardless of how we feel, we keep plowing and we don't actually put that plow down. And we don't start looking back because that's a very dangerous place to be. So Jesus expects us to remain faithful to the very end. See, the parable of the talents is all about, in Matthew 25, it talks about, you know, one servant got five, another servant got two, another servant got one. And it's all about the grace that God gives us and the, the gifts and the abilities that he bestows on us. But it says that when Jesus returned after giving the, the callings, if you like, to the people, it says he came back after a long time. And that's really significant because sometimes... You know, we can be laboring for a long time. And sometimes we may sense and we feel a lack of encouragement. But I want to tell you, God is in your calling. If, if, you, if God's called you to be and do that thing, whatever it is, it doesn't matter how small it is, God is with you and He expects faithfulness to the very end. He expects steadfast. So I want to just exhort you all just to stand firm and let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. So that's... One evidence sometimes of hurt and pain that comes and we become discouraged. Another one is pruning. When we're pruned, pruning is painful. It talks about it in John 15. Again, this is another reason we can fall into discouragement because we are being pruned. John 15 Verse 1 to 2, I am the true vine, Jesus is speaking, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. But listen to this, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may, that it may bear more fruit. So either, you know, Jesus said, he's the true vine, Father's the vine dresser, every branch, so we're the branches. And the fruit here, yes, I believe it refers to character, but also fruit refers to what we are doing for the kingdom. It refers to what we're doing, say ministry-wise. And, and there's the fruit he takes away that doesn't, or the vine he takes away, the, I'll start again, the branch that he takes away, where there's no fruit, it's cut off, but then the branch that is bearing fruit, he prunes. And if any of you are good at gardening, you know you prune back. You've got to prune back. And so that's an evidence. It's, it's, it, you're pruned back. to It's cut to promote growth. That's what pruning's about. It's cut, which is painful, and that promotes more growth. So often, you know, you may feel in a sense you're getting pruned in your ministry, but God's actually pruning the fruit so that you produce more fruit. Okay? So that, that's, that's what God does. He removes the good fruit for better fruit. 
and it comes because you've been faithful with what you've been given. He's, he's, he's pruning it back so that more f- is going to come forth. And sometimes, like I said, pruning hurts and we can be in a place, if we don't understand what's going on, we can become discouraged. So I want to make you aware of some of these, these things. And if you look back in 1 Corinthians 12, the, the passage that I began in, there's a, it talks about, in verse 23, it says, And those members of the body, again, this is the members that Paul is speaking of who feel maybe inferior or what they have is little. He, he's saying in verse 23, Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, or you could say less valuable, on these we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable, part, our pre, unpresentable parts have greater modest, modesty. So, Paul, in essence, Paul's saying, hey, you know, if you're feeling that way, he's like, don't, don't think of like the mouth, the mouth seen as like the most important ministry. It's not, if I can use that illustration. You know, everything you see, the physical. He's saying the stuff that you can't see. So let me ask you this. Would you rather live without your heart or would you rather live without your hand? You'd rather live without your hand. You can't live without your heart. It's more valuable. You can't see it, but it's more valuable than your hand, which you can see. So though those ministries might not seem in man's eyes as great, they're great in God's eyes, and that's the way we should see them too. Those ministries that no one else sees but God, I want to tell you God sees them. And so don't be discouraged that no one else sees them, because God says that we are to give greater value to those it's like, you know, you think if we use the illustration of the, the body parts, you know, some of you might feel, you know, I just feel like a little fingernail. That, that's my part in the body. But I want to tell you, when you've got a, an itch on your back, the only body part that can come along and help you is that little fingernail. It's a bit like having the, the gift of encouragement or something. You know, encouragement is one of the, the greatest ministries when it's authentic and it's genuine. It's one of the most powerful ministries that can lift someone up. You might, you know, someone could be a, you know, look, have a, a platform ministry, but it looks good, but, you know, behind the scenes, that person might be dealing with so much, but you, little or you, you come along with a word of encouragement from God, and that person, I want to tell you what, it, it just breathes fresh life into that person. It's such an important ministry. So whatever it is you're got even if you are a little fingernail don't bury it use it because you are important in the kingdom you are just as important as any other ministry whether you can see them at the front or whether they're in the background you're just as important so never forget that and in verse 21 he talks about another set of people this time it's those who are superior he deals with those with sort of this superiority complex in verse 21, he says, um, not 21, I'll read from 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have not need of you. Yeah, 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. See, Paul is addressing those now who feel that they've got this really big ministry um, and that everything else is sort of not important 
or I can, I can do I can do without, I can do this on my own, I know what I've called, been called to be and do, um, it's, you know, it's, you know it, it looks big in front of man's eyes and it may seem glorious, um, I, I actually don't need anyone else, I can do this on my own, and, and Paul addresses that sort of attitude, and he says, in verse 22, straight after, he says, No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Again, he's saying that those, those small ministries, those people who have been called to do something for the kingdom of God, that maybe seem small, he's saying that those are so necessary for those, for every person. It's so important. Because we, you and I, we're, in, we're incomplete without one another. We're, we're incomplete without the body. That's what this whole thing's about. It's about unity, but diversity as well. We're, we're all unified as one body together, but we're all made up of different parts. We all do different things. We've got different functions, but we are all one body. We're the, we're the body of Christ, just as He is the head. We are the body, and many of you are aware of that. And I want to just address maybe... Some maybe who are online that, you know, they've left the body because of that. Because I don't need church. I'm doing all right on my own. I've got my own thing. I know what I'm called to be. I don't actually need anyone else. Well, I want to tell you, God doesn't appoint ministries outside the church. So maybe you're at home and you don't want to be in church, but you you actually, maybe you're called to to something, you know that, but maybe you're unaware of what you're called to be and do. But in the book of Acts, in chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them, then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So God, God doesn't, he doesn't appoint ministries outside of the body. So if you want to be appointed, if you, know what you, if you want to know what you've been called to be and do, you need to be in the body. And that's it's so important that we, that we realize that, that we, are, we can't be with one another, without one another, that we, we need... We need each other. One's a head, one's a toe. And the last thing is, it's really important that we actually, whatever it is we're facing in ministry, that we actually look unto Jesus. We actually, we actually don't despise what He's given to us. We actually... We actually lay hold of that because he knows better. You may, in your flesh, want to do something that's not the will of God, but you'll only fail because the grace of God won't be there. So God, he actually, he actually knows best. And the safest place to be is in your calling. It's in the place that God's put you, in the body. So I want to close now. I'll call up the worship team. But I just want to encourage some of you, you've feeling discouraged. You've, you've put that plow down. You've begun to look back that this is all a bit difficult. This is a little bit hard. Sometimes we need reminding that things are hard. 
And this life is difficult. It's a narrow road. And it's difficult. Hebrews 10.38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. The only progress in the Christian walk is through faith. It's only through faith. So God, you've called me to be and do. I'm going I'm to exercise faith. Every time God, you're faithful to what God calls you to do. That scripture refers to the just shall live by faith. Every time God calls you to something onwards and upwards. Every time you say yes to that thing that you don't bow down to fear or intimidation, every time you say yes to that thing, you actually grow. You're, 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 spiritually, your stature grows. But every time you say no, it's too difficult, it's, I don't want to do it, fear a man, whatever, whatever, you actually, your spiritual stature diminishes because the just shall live by faith. The only way you have life is by living by faith. So I just want to, I want to close right now and I want to pray for each of us. Lord, thank you for your precious gift in your son. Lord, that is the most precious gift that we have ever received. And Lord, I thank you that you have called each of your children here, Lord, to not only be a witness for you, but Lord, to be and do something for you, Lord, in the body and outside the body. Lord, I thank you that you have a calling you have a gift, a function, a ministry for every person. And Father, I want to lift up those right now who, who don't know what they have been called to be and do. And Father, I'm just asking right now, Lord, that God, they would come to know, Lord, their kingdom destiny in you. Lord, I'm just asking, Lord, that you would begin to move us, Lord, as a church, Lord, as one. Father God, I'm asking, Lord, that you would begin to reveal to your men and women, to your servants, Lord, where they've been called to be and do in your body. Lord, I'm asking right now, Lord, that you would bring a greater unity in us. Lord, you would bring a greater unity. Lord, you would strengthen this body at Elam. And I lift every person, Lord, who is, maybe put the plow down, who, who's hidden the talent. Father God, I'm asking right now that you would breathe right now a fresh encouragement to every soul, every spirit, every body. Right now, Lord, you would breathe a fresh encouragement right now by your spirit. Lord, you would lift up those that are heavy. Lord, you would bring such a great encouragement. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would, Lord, reignite those, those things, Lord, that, those things that have been hidden. And God, you would strengthen right now those feeble knees. You would strengthen those hands that hang low. And God, you would, Lord, breathe and speak to them spirit to spirit. And they would know your breath, they would know your voice, they would know your presence, Lord, and they would know the well done, good and faithful, even today, Lord, they would know it. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that you would stir them, God, and you would move them on by the power of your spirit. I thank you, Lord, it's all by your grace. And I'm asking right now for every person in this body, Lord, I'm asking right now that you would release fresh grace to every person, Lord, those that are weary, those that are weak and discouraged, Father, I'm asking right now that you would lift every person right now. Lord, you would lift off every burden right now. Lord, you would lift off every care of the world. And you, Lord, you would bring us back into our lane. You would bring us back into focus, Lord. You are our focus, King Jesus. And I'm asking, Lord, where we have diverted, God, I'm asking you would bring us back online. You would bring us back onto the path that you have for us. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen.